through Genesis chapter 4, uh, verse 1. And Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived, and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. Uh, we're looking at these uh, few verses uh, here in Genesis chapter 4, as we continue our studies in this marvelous book of uh, origins, and so much it has uh, to teach us, and so helpful for us for understanding uh, even our world, our modern world in which we live in. And my uh, title and subject for this evening is The First Acts uh, of Worship, as we see here in the offerings of Abel and Cain. But also here we have the first birth, the very first birth in the world, and the first, uh, sadly, family conflict, and which results in the first uh, murder uh, between, uh, or this first murder of uh, uh, Abel uh, being killed by his brother uh, Cain. And really we could say we have here also the first martyr because Abel was killed because of his faith and because of his uh, true worship. And he was killed by somebody who was envious and jealous of uh, these things. Well, let's look at these things. But as we, in, in this passage, we see something of that, the beginning of that enmity which the Lord said would exist between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. That, that is now, we see, a, a real occurrence here. Something that's not going to be a one-off occurrence, but something that's going to be repeated again and again in history. We see this in Scripture. We also see this in, in, in history, church history. Uh, the opposition of the, the evil one and the seed of, the, of Satan against the righteous against those who are Christ. And right until the book of Revelation, which is really right until the end of time, we shall see this conflict, as it were, between the two, and the martyrs being those who are of the faith of Christ, being opposed by the seed of Satan. Again and again, these things will happen. And so it shouldn't surprise us when we see, when we face opposition. We can almost expect opposition uh, and as we'll see, mainly from religious people, uh, people who really should know better are the ones who really would be the ones who oppose true uh, believers. But let's look at these verses. Firstly, uh, the first birth we have in uh, this, uh, this first verse. Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and gave birth. Well, that must have been a very wonderful moment. Uh, those of you who are mothers and, of course, fathers as well, you see the birth of your child, well, it's a wonderful thing. But here was the very first one, never seen before, a baby boy uh, right in front of their eyes. And what a marvel, what a delight it would have been to them to hold that little infant, uh, that newborn baby in their hands. And we see that they called his name a Cain, which means acquired uh, or a possession. Uh, she said in this verse, I've gotten a man uh, from the Lord. And in one sense, it could be that she's saying, well, I'm so thankful to the Lord. I've been favored with, with, with a, a baby. Just like the Lord said, I would conceive and bring forth children, but he has kept his word. And she feels grateful to God for that which she's now uh, holding in her hands. She feels blessed uh, by the Lord, as all uh, mothers really uh, should, should feel. But some people suggest there's, that there is... 
another uh, meaning to these words. Not just that she feels blessed and favoured, but that she sees something more in this child. And they would translate the Hebrew uh, text as saying something more along these lines. I have obtained a man, comma, Jehovah. You notice the word Lord is in capital letters there, referring to Jehovah. And I have obtained a man, comma, the Lord, the Jehovah. It's as if she's saying uh, the, the one who's promised to come and to crush Satan's head, that promised seed, this is him. I've got him already. And I've, uh, the Lord has blessed me uh, with, uh, with him already. This is the promised Messiah, more or less, she was thinking. This is the promised uh, Redeemer. And uh, this is the one who's going to come, whom Christ promised, God promised will come and crush the serpent's head. And it seems like that may, have, may well have been uh, in her mind because when you see how she ref, uh, refers to, uh, how she calls her second son Abel, there's not, there's not so much of a euphoria about it. If you read it, it just sounds very bland, isn't it? And she again bare his brother Abel. Whereas with Cain, I've gotten a man uh, from the Lord. And Abel itself, the word means uh, vanity, uh, nothing. And it's as, if she was, it's as if she and Adam were saying, well, we expect nothing from, from Abel, our secondborn. Of course, I'm sure they loved and cherished him as well. But all their hopes seemed to be pinned and all their eggs were in one basket in Cain, as it were. They were expecting everything uh, from Cain because they thought that he was the one uh, through who, uh, who would, was the promised uh, Messiah, as it were. And, but we know how badly mistaken uh, they were. Their thoughts were good in a sense. They had a promise in their mind, but they, they were badly uh, wrong in this case. For we know that Cain... Uh, turned out to be every Christian parent's nightmare. Rather than uh, being a, a, good, a good child, he turns out to be a rebel against God and a troubler of the family peace and a murderer at, at that. And so uh, it's, it's, it's the same for us, isn't it? When we, when we see little babies, everyone's so, oh, how innocent, how wonderful children, the babies look. But you never know what's gonna, how they're going to turn out. I think that's every Christian parent's worry. Will they come to the Lord? Will they be saved? Will they, will they love the Lord? Or will they turn out to be a rebel against Him? For our children, for our grandchildren, we always have this concern until they come through. Well, Adam and Eve were not the only ones who thought like this when a baby was born. In fact, we could, when you read the, the, the Old Testament, you do see sometimes that there were other people who were also in the godly line and they also thought when they had a child, perhaps this also is that promised Messiah. We can think of uh, not long in chapter 6 of uh, Lamech in Genesis 5 verse 29 when his son Noah was born. Well, he said, this, uh, this uh, same shall comfort us concerning the work and toil of our hands. And uh, while he expected maybe some redemption from the hard labor uh, and the difficulty of plowing the land and producing, uh, getting products from the land, perhaps also in his mind there was this idea, this thought that perhaps this child is the promised uh, seed uh, from the woman. And then you can think as well of 
Moses. Remember how his parents uh, thought when they saw him, they said of him that he was a goodly child. They saw that he was special. I hope I'm not reading too much into this, but perhaps they thought that also he might have been uh, the, uh, the one who was promised of God. Don't, I, there's nothing to su- suggest that, but they did see something uh, in that child, that little baby, when he was born. And it's said, isn't it, that many of the, the Israelite women, well, they, in a sense, the godly ones, desired and wanted to be the one through whom that seed came. Uh, so how privileged Mary felt uh, when she, at last that message did come to her and the angel Gabriel appeared to her and said, Behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And how uh, overwhelmed with privilege and gratitude uh, she, was, uh, she was for that. Uh, so I just say those remarks really. Uh, in, uh, as we begin uh, looking at these things. And then, <coughs> excuse me. And then verse 2, uh, we read of uh, uh, the occupations of these uh, two brothers. When they'd grown up, obviously, uh, one, uh, Abel, was a keeper of sheep, a pastoral farmer, and uh, Cain, became a tiller of the ground, an arable farmer. Both good occupations, nothing wrong and nothing to distinguish them at this moment in time, uh, spiritually speaking. But now, uh, in verse 3, uh, we begin, we see the first acts of worship, or I should really say the first recorded acts of worship, because no doubt uh, Adam and Eve also worshipped uh, the Lord. But in verse 3, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. In the process of time, well, that could be uh, different amounts of time. It's not really sure uh, how long that could be. That could be uh, quite a long period of time, a long lapse of time. Or it could be, some people think, at the end of the harvest time when these offerings are brought. Uh, Some even think it's uh, at the end of a week, uh, the Sabbath day when this happened. We cannot uh, say for sure. But at some point, uh, both Cain and Abel come to present themselves and their offerings uh, to the Lord. And we see here one was accepted and the other was rejected. Cain brought the fruits of of the ground. From his farm, he took his crops maybe some of his crops and some of his other uh, products, uh, produce, and uh, he brought those uh, to offer to the Lord. We don't know, as it doesn't say, whether he brought the best of his crops or just took a a token of it uh, to offer to God. Abel, on the other hand, there is uh, some elaboration about uh, his offering. In verse 4, he he brought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat uh, thereof. He, the firstborn of his sheep. Uh, he brought, as it were, the best of his sheep. He looked amongst his sheep and, which is the best offering uh, that I can give to the Lord? Which is the fattest, the most, uh, the choicest one that I can offer? And when he found that, he, he uh, sacrificed it and he brought that as an offering uh, to give to God. 
he deliberately went out of his way, as it, as it were, to choose the best gift to the Lord. And that's, uh, I think, implied uh, in these words uh, that uh, he took of the firstlings of the flock and, uh, and, and of the fat thereof. And we read, the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, but unto Cain and to his offering he had not uh, respect. Respect, the word there means a favor or approval or acceptance. And God showed his approval for Abel and his offering, but rejected uh, Cain and his offering. How did he show uh, his approval? Or again, the text doesn't say, but uh, many commentators think a fire came down from heaven and consumed Abel's offering and nothing happened uh, to Cain's offering. Well, that's quite possible. We remember how when we studied uh, Elijah uh, and he made his offering on Mount Carmel, a fire came down from heaven and consumed the offering. And there are other occasions in the Old Testament where fire came down from heaven as a proof uh, that, uh, and token that God had accepted that sacrifice. But nothing is, is really uh, said uh, in this instance. But there was some indication, and both the brothers knew that one had been accepted and the other had been uh, rejected. This was very uh, clear uh, to them both. And uh, before, before we move on, it's important here to note uh, the order in which those words are, are, are put in our text. The Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering, to the person first and then to his offering. And same with Cain. He's, Cain was rejected and his offering. And this is the, the way it always must be. Religions put it the other way around. They put works first and worship first in order to gain acceptance with God but here we see that we must be accepted, our persons must be accepted, and then what we offer to God, the worship that we give to Him, then only subsequently that act of worship is pleasing uh, in His sight. But why, of course the question is asked, why is Cain rejected? And why is Abel accepted? Is there some partiality with God? Is Abel maybe better looking than, than Cain? Is, you know, is Abel stronger than Cain? Is that the reason why? Or is Abel a nicer person than Cain? Or is he more friendly and more helpful and less selfish? Is Cain a selfish person and Abel a, a, a nicer person? Of course, well, we know that's not the case because God is no respecter of persons. Is it because then Abel brought his best? Uh, that's, is that why God accepted him? Uh, uh, Cain may be, well, we, uh, as we say, Cain may have brought his best as well. We don't know. But uh, why, why we, the question remains, why was one uh, accepted and the other rejected? The answer, friends, is so crucial uh, for each one of us to know and for everyone uh, to know. How can I, the answer determines how can I find acceptance with God and be sure that I'll be accepted? And the answer, I'm sure you know, is in Hebrews 11 and verse 4, where we read, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice 
and Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. It's faith. Faith, Abel had faith, Cain didn't have faith. And this is what made the difference. This is what uh, made his offering, his person and his offering acceptable and why Cain was rejected. This was the difference between the two. Now faith doesn't doesn't operate in a vacuum. Faith is connected with the word of God. It always is connected with, with, with it. As somebody said, it operates within the bounds, faith operates within the bounds of revelation. And so it is. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I think we can, uh, we can say of Abel that he, Abel wasn't just acting of his own ideas. He wasn't just trying to do something that, uh, this was a plan that came into his own mind. He wasn't just to, to sacrifice an animal and offer that to the Lord or to give his very best. No, he was acting in response to the word of God that had been revealed. This is the way you must approach God. This is the way you must come to him. Come in this way by sacrifice and he will accept you. By faith in what that sacrifice represents, the Messiah who's going to come and take away sin. This is what, uh, uh, come in this way and you will be received and accepted. And quite likely he learned these things uh, from his father, Adam. Again, I'm I'm sort of trying to uh, fill in what's, what's not really in the text, but one would expect Adam to, have, to know that thing and would have to expect him to pass it on to his children. And he may have picked it up from uh, the Lord himself slaying those animals that we looked at last week uh, so that Adam and his, his wife Eve could be uh, uh, clothed with those coats and the, the, the first animals were sacrificed And uh, that lesson taught to Adam would have been passed on uh, to his children, surely, both to Cain and to Abel, that the promised Savior would come and he would have to suffer and die in great agony, just like that animal was slain and blood had to be shed in order for sin to be atoned for. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So by uh, his offering, by Abel coming in this way with his sacrificed uh, lamb or sheep or, or whatever he did, uh, animal he's, he offered, a life had been surrendered. He was demonstrating his faith in the Savior to come. I believe that's what, that's, that's what it is. He's acknowledging his need of forgiveness. He's saying, I have no righteousness of my own. I I need forgiveness. I need acceptance with God through another. And he seeks reconciliation with God through that sacrifice that is to come, the Savior who is uh, to come and make that sacrifice. And uh, it must be this, isn't it? Because the Bible speaks only of one kind of faith. We don't have one faith for the Old Testament saints and another faith for the New Testament saints after Christ has come. It's only one and the same type. It's always, only and always, faith in Jesus Christ that saves a person, nothing else. So we know and we see very clearly, we we have so much privilege, we can look back 
clearly what Christ has done and uh, have faith in that and trust in him. But the Old Testament saints, well, they, they looked forward to his coming. They didn't see as clearly as, as we do, and especially so early in, 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 in world history, uh, uh, Abel, maybe he, he didn't see as clearly as some of the others further down the line, but he had some idea. He had some clear, sure idea revealed uh, to him that this is the way to find acceptance uh, with God through, uh, uh, through him who will come and make an atonement uh, for sin. So no difference, friends. Uh, it must be the same kind of faith that we New, New Testament Christians also have. And this was why Cain was rejected. He had no faith. He didn't believe that that was the only way to come and to obtain acceptance with God. He was of a different spirit. He was proud. He was self-righteous. He was self-willed. Uh, he said, I, I don't need to come in that way. I can do it myself. My own works are good enough. My righteousness is good enough for God. I am good enough for God. And that's sort of his idea behind his offering and his refusal to come in the Lord's way. And so uh, Cain is rejected. And it's the same uh, today. We have many different nationalities in the world, but we only really have two kinds of people, those who have faith and those uh, who don't. Those who receive salvation by grace and those who try and work for it and merit it uh, for themselves. And this is also why uh, only one, one faith is uh, accepted. Only the Christian faith is accepted by God and why all the others' religions are rejected. Well, Cain was not happy and he was, we read he was very wroth, very angry, uh, he raged against the Lord and uh, uh, very angry also with his brother, all because his brother was preferred before him, he gets angry with God and uh, with, his, uh, with his brother. His countenance fell, we read. His smile went from him. And there was an observable difference uh, in his countenance. He looks down to the earth, he's dejected, uh, he's sullen, and you can see the anger in his face. It's visible there, as we know only too well when we see people who are angry. And even uh, envy now, uh, resentment, bitterness, uh, enmity, all these things are building up uh, in his heart. The enmity that we've spoken of already between the seed of the devil and the seed of the woman. And why, uh, we, we can ask as well, why does the world... Uh, rage against uh, believers? Why is there such animosity of believers? And especially uh, those of other religions. It's because well, we say their, their way is wrong. Not because uh, we want to be contentious necessarily. But that's what God says. God says there is only one way. And other religions today will tell you, well, it doesn't matter really what you believe as long as you always lead to God. And we say, no, they don't. There's only one way, uh, through Christ. And we tell them as well, well, you can't earn it. You can't merit your salvation. It must be by grace, a free gift from God. And they say, no, we can work for it. And they don't like uh, us telling them uh, these things. And so 
And we tell them as well, they, you carry on down this path, you're going to be rejected by God. He won't accept you. He won't accept your offering. He won't accept your prayers. Your worship is rejected by Him because you're, you're not coming through Christ and you're bypassing the atonement of Christ. Well, they don't like to hear all these things. So they also, like Cain, rise up against God's people. Oh, friends, may I just digress a little on the... Uh, there's a personal, I think, application for us here as well in this uh, an, an area for us to uh, think of in terms of sanctification. Uh, Cain's countenance fell because his brother uh, Abel's offering was accepted. And what's my response uh, when somebody else is preferred uh, to me? Uh, does my countenance fall when somebody else is preaching and teaching? Star maybe is preferred uh, to my own? Or somebody else's advice is taken and mine is rejected? Remember how uh, Absalom asked for uh, advice uh, from, his, uh, from Ahithophel and from Hushai? And uh, Hushai's was accepted, was David's friend, and Ahithophel's was rejected. And Ahithophel couldn't bear it. His, his, uh, uh, his advice had been, uh, not been taken on board, always had been before that time. And so he went out and hanged himself and killed himself, committed suicide. He felt so bad. Well, how he couldn't bear it that somebody else was preferred uh, before uh, him. Oh, somebody else's cooking is preferred before mine. That may upset us. So somebody else's company may be preferred before mine. And that may also... Uh, affect us. So we have to be uh, careful and, uh, and pray to the Lord for help uh, in these areas, not to allow envy or resentment uh, to, to creep in and spoil our relationship uh, with the Lord and with one another. And then verse 6, see how gently, see how kindly the Lord uh, speaks to Cain without any wrath in his words. Uh, so graciously, why art thou wroth? Why is thy countenance fallen? If you do well, won't you also be, you will also be accepted? And just like he spoke to Adam uh, when he fell, here also, once again, he speaks so kindly uh, and uh, wanting uh, the, uh, him to turn. If thou doest, and then these difficult words, uh, then at the end, uh, or, or the second part of verse 7, if thou doest not well, Sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Well, how are we going to interpret these words? Well, some, I'll give you two interpretations, uh, and you may have your own thoughts on this, but some interpret this, this verse uh, like this, as if it's a, a gracious word uh, to Cain, as if God is saying, well, if you... If you do well, you'll be accepted. But if you don't do well, if you don't come in my way, well, there's a, a sin, a sin lies at the door. A sin offering lies at the door. That word sin can be translated either sin or sin offering. And they say it's a, a sin offering lies uh, uh, at the door for you. In other words, you can go to Abel and you can take from his flock one of his sheep and you can uh, ask him for one of those sheep, and uh, you can uh, uh, use that as an offering to bring uh, to me. It's close by, it's nearby. 
And then don't worry, as if the Lord is saying, don't worry, uh, as the younger one, he will still, his desire will still be towards you, and thou shalt rule over him. It's as if uh, Cain is so worried and anxious about losing his rights as the firstborn, and the Lord is here reassuring him, don't worry, Abel's desire is still towards you, and you will still be the firstborn. You still have the rights. You will still rule over him. Well, a number of commentators go with that kind of interpretation. But I think that, uh, the second one I say I think is, 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 is better in my opinion. Uh, but it, it goes something along uh, these lines. Uh, if you do well, or you, uh, you, uh, then you'll be accepted. You come by faith and, and trust. If not, Sin, as sin itself, lies at the door. The word there, lieth, uh, has the idea of a wild beast crouching. A wild beast on its four paws, ready to pounce on, on, the, on its victim and grab its victim. Sin lieth at the door. Sin is ready uh, to, if you don't do well, sin is there ready to pounce on you and to uh, take you as its victim. It's there ready to overpower you. It desires uh, to overpower you, to make you its victim. You, but you must rule over it. You must not let it rule you. You must rule over, over it. In other words, it's as if God is giving him an option between coming by grace or coming by, uh, by works. If you do well, you come in this way by sacrifice, you'll be accepted. If not then you must, you must uh, overpower sin. Then you must not let sin be your master, which is impossible for him and impossible uh, for any one of us. And so, uh, but this is, uh, this is, I think, a better interpretation uh, of uh, these words. Uh, but we move finally to verse uh, 8. I mean, here we see the first uh, murder and the first martyr. After all God's expostulations uh, with Cain, it made no difference. God so kindly reasoning, so gently reasoning with him, it had no effect on him. And isn't it? We see again that uh, uh, amongst us and uh, in, in society, how many times we try and reason with people in a gentle way when we preach the gospel to them, and it makes no change. And it saddens our heart that uh, they're, they're, they're left still uh, determined to go on in sin or trying to earn their own salvation. Well, Cain allows his, mal his malice towards his brother to fester, and we read of him luring his brother into the field under the pretense of speaking to him in a friendly and kindly and familiar way, and then he rose up against him and slew him, probably violently, uh, with some iron instrument or a stone, and uh, uh, here and killed uh, his very own brother, the one he should have protected, the one he should have cared for and loved. Uh, this is how he ends up dealing with him. It began with envy and anger. It developed into malice and hatred, and now finally into murder. Sin left unchecked always uh, ends up worse uh, as if it's. Uh, if it's not dealt with. He did it in secret, uh, hidden from others, but God saw it, 
And so we'll see next week how God will confront him uh, with it. Well, friends, Stephen was the first martyr of the New Testament, but Abel here we see as the first martyr of the Old Testament. Put both of them, as we've said already, put to death by religious people. And how often uh, we see also that it was the religious people, isn't it, who tried to kill Jesus, who were out to stone him at times and put him to death. The world hates us, but religious people maybe even more are uh, against God's people. And that uh, you only have to read as well uh, the Fox's Book of Martyrs to see how, again, church history proves that it's the religious people uh, who were so much against uh, God's people. The enmity between the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. I'll leave us just with that thought and the thought of acceptance with God. Remember, it's by grace, through faith alone, in Christ alone.